Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, December 21st, 2022. Today on the Ether, Sommelier and Kepler, a conversation with Zachy and Josh Lee. Let's take a listen. Hello, hello. Hey, Zachy. Hey, Josh. How are you? I'm great. Hey, Josh, how are you? Hello. Doing well. This is going to be a very confusing conversation with two Joshes. <laughs> <laughs> It is, I, I'll, I'll go with Dogevos in this case. Then, okay. To prevent that confusion. I don't think of you as Dogevos. I think of you as Josh. That's weird because Sonny thinks of me more as Dogevos. Like, Josh more is Dogevos. a pretty common name. That's why I think I, I like the name <laughs> Dogevos somewhat. Cool. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. Zucky and Josh, thank you so much for uh, joining us today for this conversation. I think a lot of people are going to be pretty excited to learn more about, uh, you know, what we, uh, the team at Sommelier have been doing, um, but then also how Kepler has just really become this central point within the Cosmos ecosystem and is onboarding uh, a ton of people to DeFi. So um, let's just get started. Uh, Zucky, do you want to maybe introduce yourself to, to the audience? Uh, and then we can we can shift to Josh. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm Zucky. I'm one of the co-founders of Sommelier Finance. Uh, I've been a long-time cosmonaut. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, you know, it's uh, it's been really great uh, sort of deepening the integrations between SOM and the uh, and the uh, ecosystem and the like Cosmos ecosystem, um, which have been which has been like a big part of like what uh, uh, SOM has been about is about just like a deeper integration between the Ethereum ecosystem and the EVM ecosystem and the Cosmos ecosystem. Yep. And uh, Josh, do you want to introduce yourself and then maybe touch on the role that Kepler has been playing in the ecosystem? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my name is Josh Lee and I'm a co-founder at Kepler Wallet and Osmosis. Uh, and yeah, in terms of Kepler, uh, we started off with the thesis that uh, the app chain thesis is the right thesis and, you know, blockchain interoperability is going to come soon. At the time when we started, I think most wallets typically focused on the staking and, you know, asset management part of it. We wanted to approach it more from, you know, the emerging applications and using wallets in the context of, you know, logging in to these applications, signing uh, transaction messages that are more custom to that um, web app and things like that. So uh, we've been on this journey for uh, over two years now. Uh, and it's been uh, gratifying to see, you know, the Cosmos ecosystem grow way bigger. And then now, you know, it's like there's just so many actual applications being used by users and for Kepler to kind of be a core part of that experience, I think is a, uh, 
an extremely yeah thankful uh, thing to be part of. Awesome. And Zaki, I know you've you mentioned you know you've co-founded Somalia. Can you just provide a little more detail on what Somalia is and uh, how it works? Yeah. So uh, Somalia is a Cosmos chain. Uh, so we're an IBC connected Cosmos chain uh, with the normal staking governance, et cetera, features with the SOM token. But then what we do with Somalia is we produce these assets that we call strategy tokens. Um, and every strategy token Im- embeds inside of it uh, uh, a, a strategy, like an off-chain strategist um, that is communicating with the sommelier validator set and executing, and the validator set is executing a dynamic DeFi strategy for every strategy. Um, so the um, the DeFi strategy tokens of uh, so like when we're when we these DeFi strategy tokens. The, each one of them is like earning yield or executing a trading strategy. So we have steady BTC and steady ETH, um, which are executing like a buy, sell Bitcoin and ETH strategies for each asset, um, trying to maximize capturing the upside of the volatility of these assets um, while minimizing the downside, um, you know, executing a profitable trading strategy um, using uh, backtested, um, like sort of well vetted, uh, you know, signals from markets that have been happening over time, um, and this kind of architecture of like sort of of marrying traditional uh, quant tradfi solutions to DeFi has never been possible before, and similarly, it makes sense. Got it. And could you just provide maybe an example of a strategy? Because I, I know some people might not be familiar with that term. Yeah. So. A strategy, so steady BTC, for instance. Um, so what, what's happening with steady BTC is that each steady BTC token um, represents uh, a, a piece of uh, of, uh, of this of this vault on uh, the smart contract that's on Ethereum. Uh, the smart contract on Ethereum is communicating with the sommelier validator set, and uh, at the discretion of uh, this off-chain strategist who has a set of algorithms um, is buying Bitcoin um, or selling Bitcoin uh, on uh, on Ethereum uh, using WBTC uh, based on you know whether or not it signals the signals predict like these trades will be profitable, um, and so that's 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 basically what a, a strategy is. So Patash Digital is the strategist that's powering the SOM strategy. Got it. I think I think that example is really helpful um for users maybe shifting to to we're gonna I'm, I'm both of you are gonna talk. josh what would be your explanation of a strategy uh the way i see is um you know i, I think in DeFi we've had this like going full circle thing where um you know people sort of started with uh Basically, you know, like centralized exchanges, order books and things like that, and then replicate that on chain and then realize there's a lot of limitations to that. And then, you know, I think the primary reason why Uniswap took off so well initially was its simplicity. Now that blockchains have gotten a lot more performant, we're starting to realize that the initial Uniswap model wasn't the most capital efficient model out there. And people are kind of 
baking in a lot, you know, a lot of improvements from the technical side to make this a lot more capital efficient. Now, on the other hand, the trade-off that you get is as the average user, you sort of get to, you, you end up in this like abyss of not knowing what you're doing, even though the system itself, you know, in its optimal state is capital efficient. And the way I see strategies is being able to uh, abstract kind of a lot of the important details on how you manage your liquidity, provide liquidity, you know, manage positions and things like that. And um, yeah, abstracting the complicated part away from the user while still being able to provide the capital efficient core deck, like still utilizing that core deck infrastructure uh, while, you know, making it, you know, very accessible to the end user. So that's what I think is, I, I think, you know, is incredibly cool. Um, sh shifting gears a little bit, you know, there have been a lot of C5 blowups this year. And so I think both Sommelier and Kepler help remedy some of those things in different ways. So maybe, Josh, do you want to talk about or touch on the importance of self-custody, um, given all the things we've learned this year? Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, I think, you know, we, uh, as, as the crypto market grows, you know, you have this, it, it started off with people who are almost fanatical about self-custody, right? Uh, which is good. That being said, uh, you know, is this how we're going to get to uh, tens of millions of users, if not hundreds or billions? And, you know, the, the truth is that's not the case. So um, in one way, I think, you know, having things in self-custody, uh, as long as you know what you're doing is good, our role is to make uh, that management part a lot easier. Um, and yeah, and then at the end of the day, uh, I think one of the benefits of uh, self custody is, um, yeah, you can you can manage your your positions exactly uh, the way you want with all of the risks basically being disclosed and being able to be calculated at your end um, according to your preferences and things like that. And yeah, you know, kind of prevent uh, you from being financially wrecked from. Uh, unknown events that you know was completely out of control and things like that and uh, from you know someone who's creating a wallet obviously our role is making uh, the accessibility of that easier uh, and yeah and, and making self-custody just as competitive as using a, a custodial financial service got it yeah that that makes sense and i think that's pretty valuable um Zucky, when we think of the role sommelier plays, uh, you know, can you talk about the importance of like non-custodial transparent DeFi? Absolutely. Um, so I think like one of the things that we are trying to do with, so like one of the things that really differentiate, so like there's two angles to come at sommelier one is how is sommelier differentiated from just using a dex right and the way sommelier is is differentiated by using a dex is the level of off-chain smarts so it's more than just you know um like dcaing into uh uh you know buying on regular intervals um uh into uh into an asset like what 
you know, what, uh, what SOM is trying to do, for instance, with steady VTC is enable Taj to actually do like sort of dynamic, uh, uh, sophisticated, uh, uh, market inf information based trading into Bitcoin, um, exposure to Bitcoin. So on one hand, that's, but then on the other hand, you have, you've seen like sort of these black box yield generating vehicles that have blown up, um, the Celsius of the world, right? Celsius, Genesis, uh, you know, uh, 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 Gemini Urn, et cetera, right? Which have all blown up as black box, uh, uh, um, um, as black box, as sort of black box mechanisms. Um, and so sommelier is really like one of the big things that sommelier is doing is transparency and immediate access to your assets. Every, like the sommelier strategies that we have, every one of them, you can convert your, your, your strategy to your steady BTC token into the underlying USDC and Bitcoin held by the strategy at any moment in time by using the sommelier app and redeeming your strategy token. Um, and so, you know, this is the core, these are the core values of DeFi, right? That like your money, you are not putting your money into a black box where you're like, oh, I've put my money in a black box, don't really know what's going on, don't have any visibility into it, um, uh, you know, which has been the downfall of so many people in crypto. Um, and it's, you know, preserving this value of, you know, I don't know whether or not the value is self-custody, right? Like, I think that there's a lot of, like, I think we're going to see a lot of growth in sort of, like, assisted custody. Like, you have the, like, sort of institutional custodians, like the, the firebox of the world, have become a big deal um, and widely adopted in, in crypto over the last few years. I think, uh, you know, I'm expecting to see something emerge that's, like, fireblocks for consumers. Um, uh, in, in the next year or two, um, and like really take off, um, you know, whether it's something that's fully decentralized, like entropy or something that's, uh, uh, more centralized, like capsule or web three off. Um, I think that there's going to be like, I think that's going to be a huge thing, but then like, you know, when you are, there's a big difference between having your keys, like custody of your keys being augmented and putting your money into a black box. Um, which is basically how so much as crypto has worked in this cycle, uh, which is just like sort of completely contrary to the values of crypto. Got it. Um, can you also just briefly touch on for sommelier, like how the, the limits of any single participant, um, their, their influence in the network is, you know, constrained as a, as a safeguard for users? Absolutely. So a big part of what we've designed in Sommelier is like basically the design of the system is uh, is build a system that cannot rug users. Um, so on the withdrawal on like the what, you know, how do you withdraw your asset side? All of that is living on the Ethereum side. Um, your assets are never bridged. Um, you uh, everybody has total control. Uh, every holder of a strategy token can choose to redeem at any time. Um, and there's nothing that like the sommelier validator sent or anyone else can really do to stop them um, in the, in the, in the, in the steady BTC products. And then the flip side of that is um, 
we also didn't want to have the strategists having direct control over trading decisions. Um, you know, the, the challenge with, you know, we believe really strongly that in order to build a truly dynamic market responsive state of the art and attract the best talent, you do have to have this off chain strategy component, um, which can be a black box. Um, but what we wanted was the ability for sommelier validators to make to step in and make decisions. You know, for instance, if a strategist just disappears and stops updating the strategist, you could swap the entire the, the validators that could chop in and recommend a trade just swaps the whole trade in stable coins and gives people the flexibility to exit uh, or create it or bring a new strategist onto the platform um, uh, to, to run that strategy. Um, there is a lot of of sort of checks and balances uniquely in the sommelier system um, that go above and beyond anything else that's offered in DeFi. Got it. Yeah, that I think, you know, we've we take security pretty seriously. Um, and so it's great touching on some of those things. When it comes to, uh, you know, accessibility, we've touched on that already. Josh, did you want to um, talk about how users are maybe looking for high quality DeFi apps that, that they can use and, and how you're helping facilitate that connection as a wallet provider? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, in terms of, you know, the way I see Kepler is there's kind of this dual mandate uh, of, first of all, you know, uh, in, in terms of the extension, the goal there is to make sure uh, as many Cosmos applications are accessible to the end user as possible. And then uh, a lot more on the, I think, dashboard and the mobile side. Uh, I think there is a level of uh, curation that's involved where you know we don't want to overload users with information right that's typically bad ux where um you know it's like you you learn in design theory where like um too many choices actually uh bad and uh the way we want to basically curate this information is um you know the the step in users accessing these uh DeFi strategies shouldn't be you know what is this chain is it safe is this reliable you know who runs it like what are the characteristics and the traits of this um etc cetera, etc cetera. um yeah essentially you know every user journey basically begins with hey i want to do this and you know what are some choices that i have and a, a lot of this kind of like in between decisions that typically takes place is abstracted away from the user uh and, and that's a massive um, ux help right so uh, i think the way we approach it first of all is just making sure that uh using these um or getting access to these strategies would um not be as difficult as hopping through you know 20 different websites clicking on a bunch of links it's just more hey as i am uh, a staking or i want to diversify some of my holdings which i have right now um i can basically um do that right now within like one or two clicks and i think that's kind of one of the uh, things that we're hoping to uh, go more towards in in the next year and then uh, i think the other part that's really cool where is like um, you know a, a lot of these things right now are extremely composable the way uh, you know some some of the air has been built is um you know it's it takes a lot of these complex management uh for for uh, strategies and just kind of abstract it to the user 
And all of that is basically shrunk into a, a fungible token that just exists in your wallet, right? And um, I think being able to leverage that, I think, as part of your self-custody with a lot more nuanced meanings in that token, I think it's extremely cool. And uh, hopefully, you know, we'd be able to provide more information from the user side, uh, letting the user know, it's like, hey, how here's, you know, all you have to do is hold this token, but here's all these things that are happening in the background. So I, I think it's kind of those two things that are um, happening in the background and it's, it's Kepler's job to make sure that we continue to do a good job of. Yep, and and since we're talking about you know tokens and, and strategy tokens, um, you know we recently uh, listed a few of our strategy tokens on the Helix Dex uh, on Injective, so that, that's how they're available to the, the Interchain Universe. Um, so Zucky, can you talk about like what a strategy token is and what users are doing when they purchase one? Yeah, so. Every strategy token is, as I think I just previously mentioned, every strategy token represents uh, a piece of uh, this vault that is the smart contract vault, the smart contract strategy um, that is on Ethereum. And every strategy token has a redemption price. And you can think of it as, as, as true value. Um, uh, you know, some people uh, think of it as, uh, you know, if you're a really sophisticated user, you think of it as a piece of NAV. Um, uh, so there's net asset value of the strategy. And then, so you can basically think of the strategy is worth X number of, of, uh, of uh, has like a true price of US dollar in US dollars, which is the value of for study BTC, Bitcoin and USDC in the strategy. Um, and then you can divide that by the total number of strategy tokens that are out there. And that gives you the true price. And so we we display this true price on the sommelier website. Um, and uh, there are market makers on the, um, let's say, injective decks um, right now who are uh, providing liquidity um, around uh, close to that price. Um, you know, relative, you usually within, you know, a, a very small delta of that price. Obviously, the Bitcoin price is fluctuating on a regular basis. And so there's going to always be like uh, uh, small differences. And, you know, we also don't, uh, if it's, it's not efficient for a market maker to basically, uh, to basically uh, make it so that like anyone can arb between, uh, 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 can easily arb between the redemption value and the price that they're offering. So you see some spread between uh, the redemption value of the asset. But you get this convenience, right? You get this convenience of being able to buy and sell immediately from a DEX. Um, you get this convenience of not having to bridge over to Ethereum. You have this convenience of immediately getting access uh, to the strategy token assets in your Kepler wallet. Um, and these are all sort of uh, why we have sort of uh, approached this tokenized strategy uh, methodology. Got it. Um... Yeah, and I'll just do a quick plug for a trading contest that we have going on for, for some of these strategy tokens on Helix. Um, so we're doing, you know, 100,000 SOM as rewards across roughly 22 prizes. And so there's still a few days left. That contest is running till Friday. So if you're interested in participating in these strategies, maybe you've been waiting for them to be accessible to the interchain universe 
you know, now's a great time to, to try those strategies. So you can head over to Helix. Uh, we have steady ETH, steady BTC, and ETH BTC trend. Those are all available in the contest. Our native SOM token is also uh, part of the contest. So if you, you know, are a trader, you can try to trade some of these tokens over the next couple of days to make yourself eligible for some of these rewards. Again, we're giving away 100,000 SOM. Uh, but if you're a buy and hold uh, type user, that's totally okay as well. A buy and hold activity, you know, depending on the volume could also make you eligible. So we have a ton of material on our medium if if y'all are interested in that. But just wanted to make that contest known because it is an exciting thing uh, available, you know, exclusively to people within the, the interchain universe. Um, speaking of Helix, I know. Uh, Josh, y'all recently uh, integrated with them at Kepler. Do you want to t- touch on like how you see Helix within the IBC universe? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one of the things that I think I respect Injective a lot for is uh, I think they've been one of the teams that's been pushing uh, to do some of the craziest, you know, uh, non-typical things that people work in Cosmos, right? So I actually know uh, Albert. Uh, when he was he he was living in Korea, and uh, you know they were one of the first teams to really try to work on things like, hey, we run Cosmos, but Ethereum on top of it. People use MetaMask because at the time, you know, like uh, DeFi sort of only existed in Ethereum, so they got uh, a lot of core engineering work done to make sure that MetaMask works uh, for Cosmos, and then. Uh, I believe there are also things like meta transaction work that they did. They're also pushing the limits for uh, block time and things like that. So in terms of, you know, just like the background itself, I think that's really cool. Um, and then, you know, in, in terms of moving forward with the um, the, the way their DEX is formed is, you know, it's a very capital efficient, high frequency uh, order book based DEX, right? And uh, there is a little bit of a level of separation between um, the core blockchain itself and then the front various kind of like front ends that with different flavors of how you trade and things like that. And yeah, I think, you know, in terms of that, like this is sort of exactly what the Cosmos thesis was built for, for change to kind of be able to um, have a strong thesis, execute it and have the freedom to, to do that. And yeah, it's been it's been really cool to just be able to uh, be a part of that recently. You know, getting Kepler uh, supported, um, and yeah, and, and just the fact that you know, I think um, order book dexes in some ways um, could actually be more familiar for the end user who typically would have used centralized exchanges initially, and yeah, being able to kind of access a, a variety of tokens here is cool. Um, and, you know, I think coming full circle again, where with, you know, order books are incredibly capital efficient, but there's also this barrier to the amount of work that you have to do for um, market making and things like that. And um, yeah, right now, you know, you're able to get uh, some strategy tokens on injective, but I could potentially see a day where, you know, there is also even like some strategy for uh, causal's baskets and, and market making on these more complex um, dexes and uh, DeFi uh, protocols and things like that. 
Yeah. Did, Zucky, did you, did you want to talk about um, our thinking when it comes to serving the Cosmos ecosystem and maybe why we haven't quite reached there yet uh, when it comes to Cosmos-specific strategies? Sure. Yeah. I think like one of the biggest challenges that we face with um, bringing sommelier natively to Cosmos um, is I think we have, there's a lot of interest in Cosmos specific assets, but the one of the like most real challenges of Cosmos is how, um, how the DeFi ecosystem is just really starting to come together in like late 2022, early 2023. Um, you know, it is relatively easy to conceptualize a Cosmos strategy that is focused on maybe like a very simple strategy, like what we have in our current uh, set of strategies on Ethereum, which is, you know, it all the strategy does is like trade in and out of an asset or, um, you know, stake and compound an asset. Um, but we actually have like, um, uh, much more sophisticated strategies coming out um, early in 2023. That it's hard for, uh, without sort of these pieces being established, it's sort of interesting to see how to design it. Um, the other like, general strategy thing that is a challenge um, is that multi-chain strategies, like a strategy that a strategy that holds assets across multiple chains will sort of requires a key change to the sommelier user experience, which is the ability to instantly uh, deposit and withdraw your liquidity. Um, just th thinking about it logically right now is so like the smart contract on Ethereum can calculate um, uh, the the NAV, the net asset, the total value of the strategy um, every time someone withdraws or adds liquidity on the strategy uh in the current form um by just like you know looking across all the positions that the strategy holds when we when we bring that to an asynchronous multi-chain environment that like that there's no instantaneous way of calculating all those things so we'd have to introduce this sort of entry and exit queuing concept um which i think is is is, is still uh uh is a big change in user experience um, from what we're able to offer on Ethereum. Um, and so I've, I've, I'm still sort of thinking about the design pattern uh, and the best way to bring that to Cosmos. Got it. Um, yeah, I know users are definitely eager for, for that day to come. Um, so I know we've touched on um, UX some, Josh, but, you know, I think y'all really stand out in, in that area. Like Kepler is just very easy to use. Um, how do you approach creating those, those friendly experiences for users? Yeah, I think um, a lot of it is just most, mostly off of, you know, learning experiences, right? Like, um, you know, to be completely honest, I don't think we set out with the goal of, hey, here's what uh, Cosmos UX will look like in two years and we'll build it. We've been sort of uh, essentially a part of the Cosmos ecosystem at large, uh, making observations on things that could be improved and based off of those observations, uh, you know, sprinkle some, you know, team thesis on how uh, wallet UX and things like that would and could be. And, and that's how you get Kepler. Uh, that being said, I think, you know, moving to the future, 
um, we're finally kind of seeing the implications of an extremely multi-chain ecosystem where, you know, um, having 20 core chains within Cosmos is a completely different environment than uh, one where you have hundreds and hundreds of chains and, and we're getting straight to that. And yeah, I think that's kind of where our, a lot of our um, curiosity and uh, thinking goes into it these days. And um, yeah, and, and I think in some ways, being able to acknowledge the fact that um, I think there are limitations to what the wallet can solve at just the wallet level. Uh, I think it sort of moves as an ecosystem of uh, different web applications, the chains themselves and, and things like that in, in sort of a, you know, fairly synchronously. And, um, you know, people think of Kepler as just this one wallet product. But uh, within that, I think we have different products within this like large Kepler umbrella of products, right? And um, we have the browser extension and the dashboard and the mobile wallet. And um, as the ecosystem scales for you to have good UX, you just need to be able to um, set clear boundaries on what each of these products role is uh, and not conflating. It's like, hey, what should be done in the dashboard should also be done in the extension. Rather, you know, extension has a clear vision and goal of what it should do and do that extremely well. And the dashboard might have a different set of goals for users and a different set of pieces and do that extremely well. And um, essentially, you know, each of these products are compelling on its own, but also uh, all of it together uh, creates a good experience while uh, also being able to kind of provide alternatives in the middle, I think. Got it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, Zaki, I know UX has been top of mind for, for us as well. Can you talk about some of the things that we've done to make that user experience a little more friendly for, for DeFi users? I guess the, the, the sort of core pieces of this have been, uh, one is the strategy tokens, making them available, making their prices clear on the website, uh, which is the sort of redemption value price. Um, this instant exit and entry thing that has been like a sort of core user interface concept, um, I think is another big piece here. Um, it should be very easy. Like you can learn a lot about the different strategies by just clicking through the website or clicking on the details page, et cetera. Um, these have all been sort of uh, core pieces of making the UX easy. Um, uh, uh, Josh from Similia, did you have any other thoughts on why? What are your favorite? UX improvements. Yeah. So, so I think the real the best thing, one of the best things about SOM from a UX perspective is even though it's a Cosmos based chain, um, you know, we have plans to go multi-chain and we're currently serving users on Ethereum. And so even though we're again powered by uh, you know the Cosmos SDK, we're in the Cosmos ecosystem, we have our own validator set. Um that's all abstracted away. And Ethereum users deposit on Ethereum, they sign with their MetaMask, there's no onboarding into Cosmos to use our applications. If we go to like Avalanche or Arbitrum or Polygon, any of these other chains, that experience would be the same, where those assets would be 
um, deposited in smart contracts on those chains and they would use those native wallets. And so I think that's just a very underrated thing because even like, I'm sure a lot of this people, the people on this call are very crypto savvy. Whenever you're using a new app or uh, doing something in a, an ecosystem that you're not very familiar with, it's like very intimidating. And so all that friction's gone when you when you use our products. So I think that's like a very underrated component, just the fact that you can use your native wallets that you're used to to access um, this the DeFi ecosystem that you're familiar with in, in a different way. Uh, so I know I rambled a little bit there, but we'll get back on track with the, the more interesting folks of um, Josh and, and Zucky. So uh, looking back at the past year, I want to get a little reflective. Um, let's start with Josh. How, how have you seen DeFi evolve over the past year? What's been the, the key highlights for you? Um, I think I, we've definitely seen DeFi go in the direction of um, competing in the capital efficiency space a lot more. Um, in, in some ways, I think maybe a little bit too excessively where uh, I think people forget to realize it's like, hey, making sure your product is accessible to as many users as possible is actually uh, a good, compelling pitch for getting more volume, trading volume in, even more so than I think um, capital efficiency fundamentally itself. And, um, yeah, absolutely. So I think, like, I think this experience with Sam has taught me a lot more about how to think about the capital efficiency thing because the key property that has you know in a lot of ways sommelier would love to offer our strategy tokens on this basis um like you know the you know with with you know injective is making a really uh big play uh with um with the uh, with you know the wormhole integration, bringing Solana like becoming a gateway node for Solana and uh, uh, and Aptos assets into the into the Cosmos ecosystem, um, you know they're they're making a big play to be important. But like without a doubt, the Cosmos user base is familiar with Osmosis. Is the liquidity is on Osmosis? All of these things. Um, I think the capital efficient the the. The capital efficiency play, there's like a couple of different things that I think of as as, as components of the capital efficiency play. Um, one component is, you know, not, you know, having the option as a market maker not to offer liquidity at every price um, is, a, is, is a really useful feature when you expand your asset rights outside of sort of governance token type assets. So like when, you know, so like most of the assets that have historically traded on Osmosis have been like Cosmos staking tokens, other ecosystem governance tokens, et cetera. And those are super volatile assets. Their, their price discovery is highly speculative. Um, and so, you know, as a market maker, you know, as long as you're being paid for your capital, which we can talk about that aspect, you might be more, more or less willing to offer, especially if you're a long-term bullish the asset, you know, willing to offer liquidity at every price. But if you're talking about a SOM strategy token, uh, which has a redemption value, you're going to get arbitraged out of existence um, slash 
have to spend an enormous, walk up an enormous amount of capital to provide liquidity at every price, right? So it's not really, I think, just this capital efficiency question. Um, and so, you know, I'm, you know, from a SOM perspective, we are tremendously looking forward to ranged liquidity coming to osmosis, not because we want capital efficiency, but because we want our market makers to be able to offer strategy tokens um, uh, at liquidities that make sense. Uh, you know, st strategy token liquidity only where the price makes sense. So that's like one um, piece of it. And I think that's, I think crypto in general, it has to evolve away from, you know, like we need, like, I think two things are, have become very, are still like core theses for me, which is one is that like users don't really understand smart contracts. And so, and but they do understand tokens. Um, and so this is like why Sommelier wants to make it so that the interface to strategies is holding the token. Um, and, but the flip side of that is also that um, uh, users don't, uh, uh, um, so that like, and that will mean that like more and more assets that are traded on decks are actually like sort of representations of smart contracts rather than uh, sort of governance tokens and that kind of uh, uh, the like the assets that have been dominant for the last couple of years, um, and so therefore having these like sort of uh, ranged liquidity type solutions um, or like order book dexes become allow you to sort of uh, bring those assets more effectively to decentralized. Yeah, fully agreed on those points as well, and um, you know I think from someone who's doing both like the very end user facing on the Kepler side as well as like uh helping with designing the UI on at least you know on on Spostis, I feel like it's it's kind of this like chicken or egg problem where like uh we also have this issue where like yeah as soon as you you know you go from very passive 50-50 LP liquidity to all of a sudden uh order books it's like it's like yeah you gain capital efficiency but you basically lose a lot of users who just won't uh, you know, do any of these market making because they don't have time. They don't want to spend, you know, their entire day managing their assets, you know. So it, it was one of those things where, like, we do need vaults to exist where, um, you know, at the end of the day, you're paying a small commission for someone to manage your portfolio. But at the end of the day, you're also basically getting a decent return without having uh, a very, like, heavily involved process of, you know, market making, right? And and yeah, I, I'd love to see kind of more uh, vault coming for these uh, fairly highly involved uh, DeFi ecosystems. And then um, from the user's perspective, you know, it's like, hey, you know, getting into this highly sophisticated uh, strategy that requires a lot of market making is just as easy as me putting in, you know, liquidity that, at like 50-50. And um yeah and, and you know it, i think it'd be a very symbiotic thing where both of these um these tokens being traded more efficiently as well as users being able to participate in providing liquidity on various assets uh without having to uh have a lot of friction and, and ux issues uh will sort of be the key got it and i know we're running up on time but um wanted to just do two more questions for each of you so and they're and they're geared towards looking ahead so what are you looking forward to most uh in the upcoming year when it comes to to DeFi? 
So maybe we'll start with Zucky and then shift to Josh. Um, what am I looking forward to most? Um, I am very much, well, I mean, I'm looking forward to sommelier strategies with another, like finding another, like uh, 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 composing with a lot more things on Ethereum, DeFi, and then making those DeFi primitives available across the entire interchain ecosystem uh, via strategy tokens. Um, obviously, that's that's a huge piece of that excitement. I think the other thing is, I think DeFi is going to become like much more primary to crypto. Um, I think in a lot of ways, um, like DeFi activity had just been, has DeFi was like largely a sideshow um, to CeFi for most of 2022. Um, where like mo all of the liquidity, most of the activity, most of the market making uh, was all CeFi driven. Um, and the and DeFi is uh, has become much more primary to that uh, 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 ecosystem and much more like much uh, much more important to that ecosystem um, in the sort of post FTX world. So I think there like DeFi has um, has to become uh, sort of a key piece. Josh, what about you? What do you uh, do when it comes to DeFi? I think the way how uh, self-custody will just become so much easier, I think, in 2023. Uh, for us, personally, I think, you know, we feel like the app chain thesis really shines uh, in the self-custody world, where first against, you know, a, a generalized like smart contract platforms because, um, you know, the, the self-custody UX issue, uh, unlike most people think, isn't necessarily just like a wallet UX issue at like the client level. I think there is a lot of standards and um, legacy standards that sort of, you know, wallets sort of have to support to be a functional wallet. And app chains sort of kind of flip this on its head where like, yeah, it's like, well, a lot of these, you know, legacy mnemonic private keys and, and and things like that sort of exist uh and for our specific use case we don't have to do that we can think of new ways that users can self-custody or have programmatic accounts or have an account that also has like multiple private keys and um i, I think people are aware of the fact that like cfi is dangerous now more so than ever uh that being said i think the UX of DeFi is has definitely still not caught up to the standards, and and one of those key areas is uh, custodying assets. And um, yeah, I'm hoping you know there's a lot of discussions going on uh, account abstraction on the Ethereum side. That being said, I think you know the amount of consensus that has to be reached across a million different product teams that that are all stakeholders within the ecosystem are. Uh, is going to be way harder than uh, having this more of this app chain thesis where um, you have a smaller set of stakeholders who are able to push for better uh, custody UX, both at the chain level as well as the wallet level. And um, yeah, I, I think that's like a fantastic way of showing that, hey, app chain thesis is not just good for just building applications, but it's also 
a really good way to kind of push innovative UX forward, which solves the fundamental issue of why DeFi has been so inaccessible to the general masses. Yep, yep, definitely a lot to look forward to in, in the coming year. Uh, so final question uh, for both of you, Zaki will hit you first. You mentioned some of the things you're excited about when it comes to SOM this next year, but are there like any specific um, developments that users should expect from the SOM team, maybe in like the first half of the year or first quarter? Well, the biggest thing that is also is that also is like we are putting the pieces together for SOM staking rewards um, in Q1 2023. Um, and uh, that upgrade is coming in January. Um, SOM staking rewards are designed to come from the real revenue of sellers. Um, and so that's going to be, a, I think, also a, a big part where SOM started, started sneaky, uh, natively securing itself. What about for, for you, Josh, on the Kepler side? Yeah. Uh, I guess I mentioned the, the self-custody part, trying to make a lot of improvements there. Uh, I think another part that we're heavily interested in is um, a lot of the social aspect. Uh, I wouldn't say we are going out to build like a new on-chain social network in any way. That being said, I think uh, having a fundamentally multi-chain ecosystem uh, means that, you know, on Ethereum, you sort of have your one account and you use a lot of these other accounts and you're building reputation as you're using uh, multiple accounts to... Uh, your account, like your main account. That being said, you know, in the multi-chain world, these are all sort of fragmented. And uh, I think I've been, you know, having thought experiments internally with ideas of, hey, IBC is this interoperability layer for blockchain data. Could wallet sort of serve this purpose of um, being able to provide identity, reputation, um, and and also leverage kind of like human-to-human -human connections uh, human interactions that, you know, typically right now, I think mostly happens on Twitter and, and bringing a lot of those elements into daily activities of the user, such as staking, claiming awards, voting and things like that. And let let people leverage, you know, their on-chain accounts with um, proven records of, hey, this is who I am. This is these are the tokens that I hold. These are the DAOs that I'm part of. And this is how I vote as a contextual part of how you know stakeholders decide on a proposals or managing your delegators or how validator votes in proposals and, and things like that so yeah awesome well um that's that's all i had on the agenda for today so really appreciate um both of your time and looking forward to to all the progress that cosmos uh the cosmos ecosystem and our respective teams will make uh, in the upcoming year i think you know users have a lot to look forward to so thanks everyone for joining and uh, have a happy holiday season and happy new year. Thank you. Thank you everyone. Cool. See y'all. Thanks for checking out another episode of the ether. That was Somalier and Kepler, a conversation with Zaki and Josh Lee recorded on Wednesday, December 21st, 2022 for Terraspaces.org. I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support. They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pay, checking that replay, sing along and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way. I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add it up. And
do the math on that Financially speaking, why the fuck would anybody wanna rap? But in this reality, the money comes from doing shows But then where's the money go when you can't do the shows? I guess you could rap on Cameo I've been asking all my friends if I can rap on the patio Six feet, motherfucker, step the fuck back Doing a little magic, pulling rabbits out the rucksack Not everybody's always in it for the money Looking like another crooked Sunday and I'm working Monday So you know I ain't stressing, left debating great methods Amazed to play Inception, the base state blessed. See, even with these huge sums of overall royalties, the sums of money that go to the record label per playback can seem insultingly small. Many rights holders are making around three quarters of a cent each time he listens to one of their tracks, leaving only some portion of that for the actual artist. Until they can figure out how to turn a profit, their future will always be in question. But, for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund Another day, another lesson, living in the eighth dimension Might be worth a little mention, living in the Great Depression Got a real regal feel, reeling in another sucker fish Out to make a deal, just to make a motherfucker wish Aw shit, now you only got two left You know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends You know what I miss? Listening to excuses Now we're on the fence, like we forgot how to choose That's what happens when people don't know what's true In the dark, eating bullshit up like a mushroom In the lunchroom, just trying to laugh it off Meanwhile, foaming at the mouth like a rabid dog Like a fake mate and call at the zoo It's looking like the view is getting disappointed too I'm working on the new shit, trying to produce it It's what I'm willing to go through when I'm making my music Spaces.